Welcome to Kingsway International Christian Center Tarona, where we are raising champions and taking territories. We are sure this teaching will be a huge blessing to your life. For more information, visit www.kicccanada.ca. Now, get ready to be transformed by the Word. This morning, tell your neighbor, say this word is for you. Look to the other neighbor, say this word is for you. So we've been talking about honor for the past five or six weeks, if I'm right. We've been talking about honor. We've talked about honor in different categories. And today we are going to be talking about the last piece of the puzzle. It's a sermon that so many people do not love. The church of today is being bullied to keeping quiet on it. But I have studied it and I have found out that there is no other way. Hello? Praise God. I have literally found out that there is absolutely no other way. This morning, we are going to be talking about honoring God with our substance. Can you repeat after me? Honoring God with our substance. Same like, hmm, I know where this is going. Honoring God with our substance. Praise God. You can see I don't have my paper Bible. I'm using a digital Bible today. We have a lot of scriptures to read. Now, why am I going, why am I going through this approach? Because anytime there is an offensive against the truth, what you do is that you respond not by increasing your voice, but by increasing the quality of your argument. Hello? Did you get what I just said? So that if someone comes and says, my brother, you are not a man. The way you respond to the person is not by shouting, I am a man. I said I am, and you keep on increasing your voice. We will actually now begin to doubt that you are probably not a man, right? All right, but how you back that is you be calm. You increase, you, you now start looking at the other person rather than at yourself. If you have any cause to doubt that I'm a man, then let's start looking at you. Are you okay? Are you fine? Are you mentally intact? When last did you see your doctor? Praise God. So, honoring God with our substance is what we'll be talking about today. And then, if, I'm using the big conditional word, if you will only accept what we will talk about today, I can guarantee you, now, this is not, um, this is not just the pastor trying to sound nice. I can guarantee you that the quality of your life will be remarkably different than what it could ever be if you will receive the word this morning. Are you still with me this morning? Now, when you enter into a place of worship, there are many things you will notice. And sometimes um, you can easily tell when a people are a people of honor. You can easily tell. When you come into a group of people, one of the things you see is the way they acknowledge the presence of God. What that means is in some churches, literally during the worship or during the sermon, you just notice that people are chatting. People are gisting. Some will be rude enough to actually giggle and giggle out loud. You see some literally pressing their phones, especially churches where they do live stream. Sometimes the camera stumbles on someone on Instagram or on Twitter, and then they'll just quickly cut it off, like, please, don't come and embarrass us. Some people are so disconnected with what God is doing in their midst. Do you know that there's absolutely no honor there? Hello? Are we still together? And this is not that kind of church, right? We honor and acknowledge God's presence. I personally believe if you're on your phone in church, I know you're either reading your Bible or you're writing down in your notes something the Holy Spirit just told you. If it is not one of those two, then you're wrong. 
Hello. Praise God. That sweet can wait. You can respond to it later. They won't die. All right. That Instagram post can wait. Nobody will feel it. See, there's nobody who needs an Instagram post to survive. Like, I need to see it now. I'm dying. No, nobody. Hello. Hello. That text message, you can respond after. They won't die. Even if the message literally says, I'm dying, close your phone and say a word of prayer. Father, whatever emergency this person is going through, intervene. That would be more useful than pressing phone. Amen? Amen. I just use the typical African parent's language. Pressing phone. You, you can be like this, holding, they will still say, yeah, what? Pressing phone. Praise God. Praise God. But there's another level of honor that you notice in the church. And I'm hoping and praying to God that by virtue of teachings like this, we will be that kind of church. That is honor that connects substance to receiving whatever God releases. What do I mean? Sometimes during the worship, wasn't the worship amazing this morning? Let's jam the end. Let's jam our hands together for our praise team. Awesome, awesome, wonderful. If you miss the worship this morning, can they get the tapes? It's gone. Amen. So come early next week. Praise God. All right, but sometimes in some churches during the worship, you just see people coming forward. It's not offering time. They are coming and they are dropping their seed on the altar like that word is for me. I tap into that word and they are dropping their seed on the altar. No under no compulsion. There is literally no gun to their head saying, go, go out. Nobody forcing them. But because they have been well taught. Somebody say well taught. It is, see, there is always a difference between someone who is well taught and someone who is not well taught. Especially amongst our children. In this same Canada, in this same abroad, I went somewhere and my wife, we were shocked. As we got into the building, we were met by kids who were maybe six or five. The guy said, hello, uncle, good afternoon. Hello, auntie, good afternoon. They bent, they... And I looked at them. I said, what kind of kids are these? Like, the typical Canadian kid, they'll just say, what's I? They won't even say I. <laughs> they'll just be looking at you. They'll just be staring. It's almost like a stare game. I remember I've seen that meme of PDD and the other guy on, is it the, the fourth? The fourth. I was like, they thought it was a stare game, just like this. Like, let's see who is going to blink first. Praise God. That means that our children can be well taught in this same land. Hello? They can be respectful. They can be royal like they actually are. Are we still together? So there is a difference between a well taught Christian and a spoiled Christian. They are still Christians. Are we still together? So the well taught ones, you see them during the worship. I notice this whenever I'm in KICC in Maryland. When the ushers are sharing envelopes and people are taking one, I notice that in Maryland, no, you will rarely find somebody taking one envelope. Why? Because they know that there will be something released from the pulpit that I will need to go and connect with. Those that are not able to get envelopes will literally bring their cash. And let me tell you something. Until you disengage from what anybody cares about, what is your business between you and God, then you are not yet ready. Some people will say, oh, my offering is $5 today. Nobody must see it. If there's no envelope, I'm not giving offering. Eh. You don't know that is a lot? Hello? It will not be a lot for you in Jesus' name. But my point is, it is it, there's something beyond the amount. It's the heart behind it. And that's what we are gunning for this morning. That we will be well taught, well trained, 
well seasoned in the mighty name of Jesus. Right, so during the worship, you see someone come forward. Sometimes during the message, one person can come out like 10 times. That is a word for me. That is a word for me. And, there, and, you, and you go five, six months. You are looking at the lives of some people. And you are looking at the lives of some other people. There is a big difference. Why? Some other people are working the word. Some other people are just hearing it. Some people are quoting scriptures. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am prosperous. I am rich. I am these lines are falling into me. There are no lines for them. They are broke today, broke tomorrow, broke forevermore. Because they never give. Hello? Hello? Are you still with me this morning? Tap your neighbor and say, be a giver. Don't be greedy. Praise God. I said we have a lot of scriptures, so we are better start. Now, today's message is not unique. In fact, this is probably the most, in academia, they call it plagiarism, if I can put it. Do you know what plagiarism is? Yeah. Someone, I saw a tweet recently, the person said, my supervisor just said we are going to publish my research. Isn't that something to give you joy? But she had copied so much and referenced so many people. She said, I don't know how to feel. All right. So today's message is not, there's nothing novel about it. You've read it before. But it is my prayer that you hear it in a new way this morning. And the confirmation of that newness will be that it will cause you to begin to do things you were not doing before. In the mighty name of Jesus. I am looking forward that in this church, during the worship, people will come forward. Not under compulsion, but as led by the Spirit of God. That during the sermon, people will come forth. That when people hear announcements of projects, they will say, Pastor, how are we funding that? I'm taking care of this. Don't worry about it. And that will be our experience. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, God wants his children to be prosperous. Did you hear that? Can you tap your chest? I say, God wants me to be prosperous. You don't believe it yet. Tap yourself again. God wants me to be very prosperous. You don't believe it yet. Say, God wants me to be very, very, very prosperous. Okay, let's speak the language that you understand. God wants me to be filthy rich. Hello? So if we're like, hey, I don't want to go to your fire. Hey, Jesus said that we come here How we come Praise God. Tap your say, renew your mind. And by the time we are done today, you will realize that, see, there are Christians that will be useless in the kingdom because they refuse to enter into their place of plenty. Did you hear that? They will be useless. We will announce. You want to pay school fees of five people, we need 100,000. You'll just look away. They will know it's not them. They, are, they just know you're not talking about them. May that not be your portion. In the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. You know, there are levels to this. There are churches where the pastor comes and says, We are believing God for $500. There are churches where the pastor says, We are believing God for 10000 to get this new property. There are places where the pastor is saying, We need $10 million to acquire this stadium. Hello? Where, what level are we? What level are we? We are even beyond that. We are in the level of billions. Where we begin to buy TV stations. Where we will own radio stations. We will start selecting people that want to advertise. You say, you, what do you believe? Are you born again? Have you accepted Jesus? We have 20% discount for Christians. Okay, I'm now 
Something like you are <laughs> bullying people to be born again. Praise God. Do you know the only thing you can bully people to become is actually born again? Because the moment they become actually born again, they will be grateful to you. Yeah. Your bullying was worth it. Some of you, your parents forced you to church for years until you saw Jesus. Some of you are even yet to see the Jesus. You're like, where is this Jesus that they are talking about? <laughs> Praise God. Okay, scriptures. Psalm 35 verse 27. We're going to read a couple of them and then we'll go into what we have. Psalms chapter 35. Psalms chapter 35 verse 27. Remember our confession said we will not be distracted. Amen. And the kids have to join us today. Psalms 35 verse 27. I'm going to read from the Amplified. It says, let them shout for joy and rejoice. Who favor my vindication and want what is right for me. It says, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Who delights and takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Is that in your Bible? Is that in your Bible? Psalms 35 Verse 27. All right, can you take us back to 27? I think you have the NIV. Okay, you have the Amplified. It says, Let the Lord be magnified, who delights and takes pleasure in the what? Prosperity of his servant. Is that in the Bible? Is that in the Bible? It means that a servant of God or a child of God who is not prosperous misses out on a dimension of pleasure that you are supposed to bring to the Father. Hello? Hello? Are we still on the same page? So God delights in your prosperity. It gives him joy. Praise God. Now, for those of you who are not yet satisfied, you say no. All these money, money Christians and money, money pastors. Let's go to another scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to just read a couple. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. If we can have it on the screen also, it will be wonderful. It says, remember the Lord your God is the one who gives you the power to be successful. That is what my version says. It says it gives you the power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant it confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Praise God. Is that in your Bible? Now, that's a very, very deep scripture. Let me read it for you from the KJV. How many KJV lovers in the room? Okay, we are. Oh, nice. We have them. So KJV says that, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee the power to make wealth. All right, this is where we usually stop. God gives the power to make wealth. God gives the power to make wealth. God, but see what he says. He says that, Why is he giving you the power to make wealth? That he may what? Establish his covenant. Wow! How possible is that? How can God say that the way he establishes his covenant is by giving you power to make wealth? That sounds too materialistic to me. What kind of God is that? I would think that the way he establishes his covenant is by giving me spiritual gifts. That I can prophesy and I can, I can literally stand before you and tell you what he did yesterday night. I can tell you the time. I can tell you your address, your phone number. You know there are people that manifest in that level of detail. And it's the spirit of God. Hello? But the Bible says he gives us the power to make wealth that he might establish his covenant. Glory to God. Are you still with me this morning? Are you still with me this morning? Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. This is a scripture we are coming back to. Um, Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. Everybody knows this one. 
Genesis, and I'm not going to attempt to break it down because it is too loaded. It says here, Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1 and 28. It says, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful. Somebody say, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground. Praise God. So God's instruction to you, not God's suggestion, not God's counsel, God's command to you and to me is that we should be fruitful and we should multiply. Is somebody in the room this morning? God wants you to be fruitful and God wants you to multiply. Praise God. Praise God. So God's desire is for us to be large. God's desire is for us to come into a place of plenty. God's desire is for us to have abundance. Somebody is saying, well, I need you to show me a scripture. I need more scriptures. Okay, I'll go, I'm going to show you more. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I need you to follow me this morning. Don't miss me. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1 to 3. It says, now I want... I'm reading from... I'll read just from verse 1 to 3 and then I'll jump. It says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in what? In rich generosity. Is that in your Bible? Okay, let me read it in the... This is the NKJV. It says, for I bear witness that according to their ability, yes... And beyond their ability, they were freely willing. That was a generous church. Are we still together? Hello? Okay. You want to preach? <laughs> Praise God. All right. So this was Paul literally talking about the church in Macedonia. He said that it's not like they had so much. I'll never forget something. There was a day myself and my brother, many years back, we were coming back from school, and then we branched by, there was this market that was near the estate where we lived. And then my brother was like, oh, I need to buy something. I'm like, buy what? He said, I need to buy some oranges. We're like, okay. And then he bought the oranges. He said, oranges for who? He said, the oranges are for mommy. And then we started laughing at him. Oranges. He said, no, I have to buy oranges for mommy. That you, what? And then I was like, you, you are buying oranges. We, we are going to buy mommy car. I'm going to build mommy house. See, you are buying oranges. And then we got to the house, and then he gave the orange to my mom, and the rest, we, we just came empty because we want to buy a house in the future and car in the future, and we will buy it in Jesus' name. And then my mom said, it is the one who buys oranges today that will buy car tomorrow and that will build house tomorrow. It means that one of the biggest lies the devil will tell you to prevent you from being a giver is to convince you that you don't have enough. Hello? And one major truth that the Bible teaches is that there is never a time where you truly have nothing. Hello? There is never. Have you noticed? There is never. God never permits it. I'm not saying that you've never been broke or you've never really looked at your account and it was zero or it was negative. But the truth is that the deeper you look, it is never nothing. Never. The woman said, oh, I have nothing. I have nothing. And the prophet said, what do you have in your house? Except, there is usually an except. Except a little jar of oil. The prophet, the, the, the widow that prophet Elijah was sent to said, there is nothing, just this little flower. 
make a little food for myself and my son, and the next thing that happens is that we are, ready, we are actually ready to die. We are that broke. Praise God. So there is never a time in the life of a child of God where you truly have nothing until the devil convinces you that what you have is nothing. Praise God. Are you still with me this morning? Are we still together this morning? Let me jump to verse 7 to 10 from the same 2 Corinthians chapter 8, from verse 7 to 10. It says that since you excel in many ways, in your faith, in gifted speakers, in your knowledge, in your enthusiasm, and in your love for us. Can we count that? Hello? Hello? So let's, let's look up. It says you excel in your faith. Somebody say in your faith. You excel in speech. Somebody say speech. You excel in knowledge. Somebody say knowledge. You excel in genuine concern. And in your love for us. Five different offices of grace that, they are, that, that they've been excellent in. However, it says see that you excel in this gracious work of giving also. Hello? How many of you have seen a church, wonderful church, they teach the words, they believe the word, they are excelling in faith, but most of them are broke. Hello? Hello? Excelling in speech, excelling in knowledge. They know the Greek, they know the Hebrew, but they don't give. When it's, when it's literally offering time, you just see people shrugging. They are coming for the little. Coming for the little that is remaining. All these pastors, eh, buying new cars, buying new watch. And they are still coming back for the, for the little that we have. They are excelling in the rest, but they are failing in the grace of giving. May we not be that church in the mighty name of Jesus. We will excel in all the rest and we excel in giving also. In the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. So, looking through the scriptures, there are four principal types of givings that the Lord expects you as his children to be involved in. Hello? Hello? This is where a lot of people build up their defenses. This is where a lot of people don't like the message. This is where a lot of controversy arises. And somebody is saying, oh, I know this guy. Um, he's, not, he's not even born again. And he's so rich. So you can't tell me that for me to be blessed, then I have to listen to what you are saying about these four things. Okay, I agree. Number one, the rules that that guy is playing by, they are different from your rules. Hello? Hello? Do you know that the devil has a special economy for his children? And God has a special economy for his own children. The rules of our economy are different from the rules of his own economy. The devil, is, the devil has people that he has raised to be financial kingdom financiers of demonic projects. They will pay for people and sponsor bills and build brothels and clubs and other places. Everything that will distract people from Jesus, they are investing in it. It is money. Hello? Hello? And when we see them spending money on their own things, we don't bat an eye. We don't even blink. But when we hear X amount, a fraction spent in the church, mm, everybody's vexing, mm, $5 million. Are they not poor people? Mm, private jets. Are they not hungry people in that church? No, 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 no. They built university. Their members cannot attend. Ah, hey, hello, hello. Do you know the budget for UEFA Champions League? Do you know? Do you want to Google it? 
You know the budget for the Qatar World Cup that everybody is talking about? They've spent billions of dollars. Nobody blinked. Hello? Can you see the hypocrisy? Can you see it? So as the same way the devil has his own people, God is also looking for people to raise. As billionaires, but this time they are not ordering their billions. They are releasing their billions for what God needs it for. Praise God. Is there anyone in the room this morning? Anyone of such billionaires in the room this morning? Tap your hand and say, stretch your mind. Pastor is talking about you. Don't just ignore your bank account for a minute and stretch your mind. Praise God. So very quickly, I'm going to run through this four. Number one is the tithe. Somebody say the tithe. Now, many people don't like the church talking about the tithes today. They don't want us talking about it. They believe that it is, a, it is an archaic system under the law that pastors today have preserved to continue to exploit people. That is the world's definition of the tithe. However, we know that the tithe is one of the ways we acknowledge God. We honor God with our substance by paying our tithe. And the tithe literally means a tenth. That is what it means. A tenth of your income belongs to God. Praise God. Why do we still give the tithes today? Let me tell you the type of giving. I think we're going to get there. Let me not jump the gun. Malachi chapter 3. That scripture that nobody loves anymore. All right. You know the book of Malachi was not written to individuals. It was written to the priests. It was written to pastors. All right. And even though it was written to pastors, do you know we claim blessings from Malachi? Hello? We claim blessings from Malachi. But when we see instructions, we say it is in the law. <laughs> Malachi chapter 3. Let me read the blessing first. And I want you to see a big amen. Malachi chapter 3. Let me read from 12. It says, Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heavens. It says, All nations shall call you happy and blessed, for you shall be a, there's a version that says, a delightsome land. In the mighty name of Jesus. So can you see that that blessing is not for priests alone? We are saying amen to it. We want our lands to be blessed. We want our home and our estates to be delightsome. True or false? So let's get some, some details from the instructions. Verse 10. It says, bring all the tithes now. This was actually talking to priests. Saying, of the tithes you have received, bring a tithe of the tithes into the storehouse so that there might be enough food in my house. There is a version that says there might be meat in my house. That's the King James. All right? And a lot of churches today, I had a, a dear preacher that said, many churches today are vegetarian churches. There is no meat. The people have stopped paying tithes. Everybody has literally stopped paying tithes. You know, when there was this controversy, I could see and I could imagine pastors having a headache. All the plans for, for, for kingdom expansion, all the projects, everything just dropped. Because the people believe the lie that God doesn't want them to pay tithe anymore. Because Jesus has come and we are no longer under the law. The tithe was not a creation of the law. Hello? Hello? Did you hear that? Do you believe that? Have you found it in your Bible? Let me show it to you. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 1. I need to move fast now. Why do we give our tithe? The motivation for our tithe is obedience. We give our tithe because of obedience. If you are not paying your tithe, you are living in deliberate obedience. It doesn't change the fact that you are born again. You are born again. Jesus loves you, but you are missing out on the dimension of blessings. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 1. This Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem and also a priest of the God most high. 
When Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. Is that in your Bible? Is that in your Bible? I'm going to jump down to verse 21 and verse 22. It says, but there was an oath regarding Jesus. But God said to him, the Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. He says, you are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant. Are you still with me? So if you follow the thoughts in Hebrews chapter 7, we are skipping a lot of verses. It says there that even the Levites who received the tithe, they were literally in the loins of their father Abraham. When Abraham paid tithe, the very first recorded tithe. Now, ancient historians tell us that it was common practice in other religions for them to give regularly. That's because there is, there is, see, this principle of giving is a universal law. It works for believers, it works for unbelievers. Religions that don't know Jesus, they, they design a doctrine around giving such that it encourages their people to give. Are we still together? Praise God. So it says, even the Levites, which is the law dimension of tithe, they also paid their tithes in Abraham to Melchizedek. And Jesus Christ is our high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Therefore, every blessing that anybody that paid tithe in the old covenant enjoyed, we are able to enjoy even much more because we are not doing it out of compulsion, but we are doing it out of obedience. Can I get an amen in the house? Amen. So tap your neighbor and say, pay your tithes because it is the right thing to do. Pay your tithes because it is connected to many blessings. Now it is possible to have blessings hanging over you. Hello? Hello? It is possible for somebody to be a blessed man and be a broke man. What that means is that there are words and promises that have been released over you, but they will remain in an esoteric space. They will not be your useful experience because you have refused to use and activate kingdom principles. Hello? 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 In the new covenant, we are blessed. Did you hear that? In the new covenant, what God loves is a cheerful giver, not a compulsive, false giver, forced giver. I'm going to tell you why a lot of people have problems with this. Because the way this message has been tweaked, it has been bastardized. But the fact that it has been bastardized doesn't mean we will stop preaching the truth of God's word. Hello? Hello? How many of you have seen fake Nikes before? Anybody? Yeah, you've seen fake Nikes before. Does it mean you won't wear Nikes again? When I was in secondary school, there was a guy who was the son, I went to military school, was the son of a military governor. Stinkingly rich parents. He wore a Tommy shirt one day to school. Obviously, he was wearing the original one. And we saw a bus conductor wearing exactly the same shirt, same design, same everything. And he was with his friends standing at Levent's bus stop. <laughs> oh my, I can remember this. And, it's and then he saw a conductor wearing the same thing. He was wearing the original. The guy obviously was wearing the cheap mass perversion. Guess what this guy did? He said, me, you, never. So he removed his own expensive shirt and he tore it. Hello? <laughs> Praise God. Now, the, no matter the number of fakes, we are not going to stop being original. 
no, man, no matter the number of adulterated versions, we are not going to stop keeping to the truth of God's word. No matter the number of people abusing the tithe, we are not going to stop teaching the truth about it. Praise God. Praise God. The second type of giving that the word talks about is first fruits. Somebody say first fruits. Somebody say first fruits. Now, there is nothing of these four things we are talking about today that is compulsory to you. It is optional. It is optional for a few of us. A few of us who are entering into a covenant with God and saying, God, I want a remarkable change in my finances. I have come to realize that there is a level I desire to work in. I cannot get there just by hard work. I cannot get there just by my salary. I cannot get there just by my degrees. I'm going to need a big push. Somebody say a big push. I'm talking of ideas that will make you start companies and you will sell your companies for $20 billion. Somebody say big push. Now, how much do you need to earn per hour to make $20 billion in a year? Hello? You know there are some things you enter into your calculator. Your calculator will just type PLS. Like, please, why are you stressing me? Praise God. Somebody say first fruits. Have you noticed that some churches seem to have a lot of blessed people? Have you noticed? If you search deeply, those churches teach these things. Praise God. And one of such is KICC. KICC has a lot of blessed people. Our senior pastor is a blessed man. It will be very wicked and unfair of him to hide the blessing to himself and not to teach us how all of the blessings came. Can I, can I tell you guys something? Can I tell you guys something? Are you sure? Are you sure, are you sure it is our secret? Can I tell you? Hello? Promise? Can I keep a secret? So early this year, a family came to me and said, Pastor, this is our first fruit. And I was like, okay. They said, no, Pastor, this is our first fruit. I said, eh, my, I'm giving you my candid reaction. I said, eh. They said, yes. Take it, Pastor. This is our first fruit. And the next thing I said is, is this how you used to do it? And they said, yes. We've done this for years, and it has worked for us. This is how we were taught. And then I stepped back. In my mind, I said, no wonder. No wonder some, some people bring results that are mind-blowing. And some other people, they are just quoting scriptures. I am blessed, I am blessed. Bank account, $5. I am blessed, I am blessed. And some other people are working the word. It was a big shock for me. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody say first fruits. Somebody say first fruits. Let's read Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. Proverbs chapter 3. And verse 9. Are you still with me this morning? Is the Lord touching your heart in different areas? Yeah, I know some of you have been hurt. You've seen a lot of pastors say some wonderful things, do some funny things. You've seen some of them, you know, exploit, literally exploit the people. But there are people still teaching the truth of God's word. And we are making a decision to work out the word. Praise God. It says, honor the Lord with the wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Verse 10 says, Then it will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. Let me read it in the KJV, for the KJV lovers. It says that, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of thine increase. Praise God. So why do we pay the tithe? We pay the tithe in obedience and where do we pay the tithe? We pay the tithe to the house of God that there might be meat in his house. 
So you can't pay your tithes to a charity. You can't pay your tithes to an orphanage. You can't pay your tithes to your favorite pastor. Your, your tithe goes to the house of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Your first fruits, you do it because of gratitude. Mm, we need to fly now. We do it because of gratitude. And of all these four things, your first fruits is actually the one that the Bible permits you to give it to the priest. Hello? Someone is like, hey, pastor, I see what you did there. So you are literally telling us that once every year, and the duration is there. I mean, I know people that do first fruits many times in a year, but there, there's a scripture I'm going to show to us that says year by year, all right? And some people, the way they estimate their first fruits is their income in January. That's their first fruits for the year. So some people are saying, Pastor, so you are saying all of us in the church, when the church is 1,000 people, all of us should bring all our January income and give it to you. Pastor, I see what you did there. You have joined there. I know that's what a lot of you are thinking. Praise God. Well, let's go to the word of God. Let's go to Exodus chapter 34, verse 26. Exodus chapter 34, verse 26. Exodus chapter 34, verse 26. It says, As you harvest your crops, as you receive your paychecks, as you get blessed and experience increase, it says, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. That is another thought. It's a new paragraph, it's in, if it's in your Bible. So, it says that you should bring your first fruits to the house of the Lord. So, the first fruits is the one where in scriptures we find that you can either bring it to the house of the Lord or you can give it to the priest. Now, as at the time Exodus 34 was being instructed. This was Moses receiving instructions from God. As you'll see in verse 27, then the Lord said to Moses, write down all these instructions. So even the priests were not yet in existence. They had not been dedicated. Hello? Are you still with me this morning? So let's read shortly after that they were now announced. Leviticus chapter 23 verse 10. Leviticus chapter 23 verse 10. Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 10. It says that give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you enter the land I am giving you and you harvest its first crops. It says bring the priest a bundle of grain from the first cutting of your grain harvest. Is that in your Bible? There is no version you will read it in that obscures the sense behind it. The Lord is saying that you are to bring your first fruit. Praise God. How does this manifest in the new covenant? Now, I will be a bad teacher of the word if I don't tell you what first fruit represents. First fruit is a shadow in the Old Testament that points to Jesus Christ being a first fruit of resurrection, which is what all of us will end up partaking from. Hello? Hello? Just in the same way, the Passover was also a shadow of Jesus being our Passover lamb. Are we still together? So the concept of the first fruit is not as it were about money. But because there are blessings attached to it, it means that there are ways that we can hold God to his word. And say, so you instructed your children to do this. In obedience to your word, I am bringing my first fruit to your house. I am bringing it to the priests. Praise God. Nehemiah chapter 10 verse 35 and then we'll fly. 
we literally need to fly. Nehemiah chapter 10 and verse 35. Are you still with me this morning? Are there people who are not coming to church again after today? And like, mm, they now want our morning. Praise God. Nehemiah 10 35. It says, We promise to, somebody say, We promise to bring the first part of every harvest to the Lord's temple year after year, whether it be crop from our soil or from our fruit trees. It says, and we obligate ourselves. Can you see there? So they, they were already tapping into the new dimension where it will not be by compulsion. But we will agree and say that as for me, I don't know about you, I don't care if no other person does it, but as for me, I am obliging myself. I am promising myself. I am making it a duty that I will do this to God every year. Praise God. Praise God. Are you still with me this morning? For those writing down scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 23, talks about Jesus Christ being our first fruit. Romans chapter 11, verse 16. Ezekiel chapter 44 verse 30 also talks about the first fruits for those writing down scriptures. Praise God. The third type of giving which the world likes to shout and shout and shout about is alms. Somebody say in alms. Somebody say alms. Also known as charitable giving. Hello? Hello? That's the one the world, in fact, there are people who don't know the scripture saying, don't pay tithes, give alms. But the Bible doesn't tell us to choose. There's a place for tithes. There's a place for the first fruits. There's a place for alms. And there is a way Jesus teaches for alms to be given. And for a lot of us here, we are going to need to make adjustments. Praise God. Praise God. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 1 to 4. I'm going to read very quickly. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 1 to 4. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 1. It says, watch out. Do your good deeds. Sorry. Don't do your good deeds publicly. Hello? So Jesus is saying that your tithe, it's public. When we announce tithes and offerings, people come with their tithe. Everybody knows. Your first fruits, public. But your alms are meant to be designed in a way that you are doing them privately. Somebody say privately. He says when you give to someone in need, when you give to an organization in need, when you give to a charity, when you give to the poor, he says that don't do as the hypocrites do Blowing trumpets in the synagogues. Hello? Do you know, do you know see people like that who blow trumpets? They take pictures. It's almost like an African syndrome. You don't travel to Africa without taking pictures with poor kids. Starved kids. And they post it, saving lives, making a difference in the world. It's a narrative that sells. Don't, your dollar is saving 10 lives and all such funny crap, crap programs designed. The Bible says that you're supposed to do it in a way that it is private. Alms are not supposed to be done with trumpets. We know you are giving to the poor. We don't all have to know you are doing it. We don't have to know when you went. So everyone says, it's my birthday. I don't want to spend it with the kids. You know, because what it does, it gives them a sense of fulfillment. Hello? Hello? Some people don't like what I'm saying. The one that Bible says should be private, you make it public. The one that you say should be public, you don't only make it private. You literally just shank it out. And delete it. May the Lord have mercy on us in Jesus' name. Praise God. Verse 3 and verse 4. It says, when you give these gifts in private, your father sees it and will reward you. Praise God. Now, you are, everybody here, at your level of income, you can give alms. You can walk to an homeless person and give them a $10 
gift card for a meal. I don't have to know. You don't have to tell pastor. Pastor, guess what? I fed somebody who was homeless. Rejoice in your house. Your father, I can't even reward you. The, the best I can say is well done, right? God is the one that will reward you. Praise God. Are you still with me this morning? And then the fourth kind of giving, which is the most powerful one in terms of the increase it brings, is the seed. Somebody say the seed. Now, so everyone's like, hey, this is where the scam pastors have PhD. Hello? If scam pastors have PhD in this, guess what? I want to join that league. Hello? Hello? Uh, but I know I'm not a scam pastor. And I know the people they are calling scam pastors. They are not scam pastors. They are teachers of the word that work the word. Hello? I've been in Pastor Matthew's meetings many times. Guess what? Every time he calls, I don't know if he's happy with me saying this, but it's the truth. Every time he calls for a seed to be sown, guess what he does? He sows his own seed many times more than what he has called the people out to give. And God is blessing him for it. And people are shouting and writing blogs. Do you know how they are speaking? They are probably writing a blog post about him now. And God will bring... See, God needs to start bringing blessings to your life that people are waiting to blog about. Is somebody saying a big amen about that? Blessings that people are literally... Born. What, what's the new one now? Oh, on my jeep. We have to write about it. Pastor Dyer of KICC Toronto acquires new Oma Jeep after teaching on seed sowing. Woo! That, that's going to be a wonderful blog post. You guess what? They get their blog post, they move their traffic, but I still have my home. Praise God! We are the ones getting the increase. They keep writing. Hello? The seed is powerful. And I searched in scripture to find a way to negate it. But I am already blessed. I have these blessings. I am seated with Christ. Yes, where you are seated with Christ is not currency. It's not cash. It's on earth we need cash. Hello? And we sow seeds. What does your seed do? You do it in faith. You are literally telling God, what is in my hand is obviously not my event. Take it as a seed. Hello? Unless what is in your hand is okay as your harvest. Somebody's thinking, I know a guy is born again. I don't know if he pays his tithe, but this guy has one million every month. Nice guy, God-fearing. He doesn't believe in all this seed thing you are saying. So, pastor, how do you balance it? Who told you that what God wants for you is to earn one million dollars a month? What if God's plan is ten? Don't shortchange your experience by someone else's experience. Yes, they are rich. They are blessed. They are abusing Christian, kingdom principles. God, God, God still has mercy on them. So don't shortchange yourself. Is that your mentor? Is that the person that died for you? So why do you want to be like that? Why don't you want to be more? Tap your neighbor and say, you can be more. Say, you can be more. As we bring this service to a close, let's Second Corinthians. And I'm going to, I'm going to see. We are going to sow seeds. Hello? The tithe, I believe you are already doing it. Hello? And if you are not doing it, start. First fruits, if you've not been doing it, as you saw in the scripture, decide to, obligate to. It is not compulsory, but God loves it when you do it in obedience. Praise God. The alms, I believe we are doing that, but let's do it right. Let's do it privately. 
Let's do it consistently. Start at where you are. It might not be $5,000 to feed 5,000 people. It might just be that one person that you can minister to. And you start. Do it privately. And then the seed, we're going to do it. Praise God. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll read it together as someone helps us bring the communion to the front as we need to start wrapping up. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to read verse 1 to 10 responsively. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 1 to 10. This is Paul. Paul is the apostle of great revelations. He wrote beautiful things about our identity, about who we are in Christ, about what we have, about what our inheritance is. And Paul, thankfully for the questions and the issues in the Corinthian church, released this information to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Everybody bring out your Bible. If you don't mind, you can also rise on your feet. We'll read verse, verse 1 to 10. Let me go to the KJV. If there's a version, all of us can find. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'll read verse 1. You will read verse 2. Just like that until we get to verse 10. And we will stop at We will read verse 10 together. Are you there? Verse 1. For us touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous. You see why I don't? You see King James now? Superfluous. All right? Please, is there any version that gives us what superfluous means? Superfluous. No, no other version. Okay, we all switch to KJV. Let's continue. It is superfluous for me to write to you. Verse 2. I can hear only two people reading. There's no 2 Corinthians in your Bible. Okay, so let's go again. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 2. Everybody want to go? Good. Verse 3 says, Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, ye may be ready. Verse 4. Alright, verse 5 says, Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof you had, no, you had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. Verse 6. Is that in your Bible? Now, these are the same people that Paul has told them who they are in Christ. He has told them their inheritance. But he's bringing a reality to their knowledge. That as regards material things, which is what 2 Corinthians 9 is about. He says it. He says, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you, if you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. Verse 7, which is my turn. Every man according as he what purposes in his heart. Can you see that? It means fully well. I know there are times when people say, I want you to sow this amount. I want you to sow this amount. Verse 7 tells us that. Now, why do people do that? They are... They are stretching your faith to a level that you don't know you are you are at yet does that make any sense to you so it means that i'm not supposed to say if you have one thousand dollars seat come forward reason being that as you propose in your heart god might be stretching you to do more than that and i might have reduced you 
in the same way, you might not have up to that, but there is something you have proposed in your heart. Are we still together this morning? So you, as you have proposed in your heart, such that you were thinking, okay, pastor is saying seed. I will sow my $20. I will sow my $20. And suddenly, pastor says, if you want to sow $2,000, and you're like, boom, hey, pastor, ah, the guy won't play with you again. All right? What I have just done is I have stretched you. And you are looking at yourself that maybe I can actually do more than this. Hello? He says, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity. Is that in your Bible? For God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8. All grace abound towards you. That you always have it. All sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Verse 9. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad and he has given to the poor. His righteousness remained verse forever. Verse 10. Together everybody. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food. And multiply your seeds. Can everybody say that? Multiply your seed. It means that whatever it is you sow, of all the other four we've talked, this is where the power of multiplication is. Many people don't want to talk about it, but this is the secret. I didn't want to talk about it. I almost skipped today. But imagine what we'll have missed out. I'm here with my seed this morning because I'm prepared. For some of you during the sermon, the Lord has been laying what you should do on your heart. I'm not going to reduce what God has asked you to do. I'm not going to call an amount. You are going to propose in your heart. In your heart. I was having a conversation with my wife. So what is our seed going to be? And then God blessed us with one miracle provision. We were about to start dancing. And the Lord said, that is your seed. So I went to meet my wife. I said, the Lord says, that is it. She said, I thought, so. I thought so too. I said, well, thank God. I don't have to preach a long, a long sermon. You know, as couples, your seed must be done in agreement. Hello? The Lord told you to give the Lord your car. The Lord spoke to the wife, didn't speak to the husband. And the wife says, I must obey God. Hello? You are your husband. Now sort yourselves out first. Hello? When both of you are on the same page, then as a couple, you come and sow your seed. Hello? Hello? That's how it is supposed to be done. Praise God. Have you been blessed this morning? Are you going to obey this morning? Whatever the Lord lays on your heart, I want everybody to propose in your heart, including pastor. I, I brought mine. I shouldn't say mine. I brought ours for me and my family. It is our seeds. This is it. And we're going to give it to the Lord. For some of you, you might have it here. You might not have it here. It's fine. You might want to redeem it next week.